Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Design Driven Life, where we hope to inspire you to shift your mindset and create the world that you want to live in. Hi, I'm Wendy Yates. Today, I'm speaking with Jenny Hammock. Virginia, or Jenny Hammock, is the founder and CEO of Minimal Impact, a company that empowers individuals to make sustainable choices for everyday products in the home. Minimal Impact has a small retail shop located in Silverthorne, Colorado, and an online presence at minimalimpact.com, and features zero waste, plastic-free home goods, as well as toxin-free personal care products. Minimal Impact also manufactures small batch cleaning and household products that are toxin-free, package-free, and offered in bulk in an effort to reduce the customer's waste footprint. Jenny is on the board of directors of High Country Conservation Center, an environmental nonprofit based in Summit County, Colorado. She is an outdoor enthusiast who can typically be found gardening, tending to chickens, hiking, cross-country skiing, snowboarding, or teaching her three-year-old son, Waylon, about the planet in her free time. So yeah, I'm from Alabama originally, just an interesting place to grow up in general, just to be a woman there and to have just thoughts or cares about the environment. You tend to feel like such an outsider as someone who really genuinely does care and want to preserve. There's just not a lot of us there, you know, in small town Alabama. So um, my first real like recognition of wanting to care for the environment came in third grade. I had a counselor who came in and told us about the hole in the ozone layer and acid rain and pollution. And I just remember this fear of gloom and doom that if we don't do something now that we're not going to have a planet in the future. And I've always been an outdoor enthusiast. You know, my family took me camping before it was a thing. And, um, just, you know, one of those households where we were outside playing constantly. So um, really did love the outdoors. And once I heard that the outside world was in jeopardy, I really kind of, you know, wanted to do my part to fix it. Now, you know, growing up again and there in a place where not a lot of people care, there's not a recycling bin in sight. It felt like there was nothing I could do. And then once I got into college, I went to Auburn University. I started hanging out with a group of people that just really did care and they were doing their part. And I started to realize that I could make a difference in this world. Uh, Bringing it all back to design, I went to architecture school. And in architecture school, I learned that pretty much any type of design is basically just problem solving. So I really kind of got down to the nitty gritty of the environmental issues and saw it as a problem needed to be fixed. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think it's always interesting to hear, you know, how diverse people are in whatever effort they wind up getting to, you know, some people just always know from the beginning, exactly. Some people take the path of sort of trial and error. I know I certainly took a lot of trial and error paths. Um, and so I love that you were able to share that experience and just the experiences you had with 
being taught about the environment in the third grade. Quite frankly, I did not have the luxury of that. I grew up in a Catholic school and we barely learned history, much less anything, (laughs) nothing against Catholic schools out there, but that was just my experience. Um, There was just not a lot of those um, public school subjects or even private, other private school subjects that were being taught. And the environment was not something I learned anything about until high school. You know, it didn't even occur to me. We weren't wasteful in our house, but we, and we didn't buy a lot of single use items just naturally as a family, you know, we made everything a lot, but we, um, it definitely wasn't a a discussion. And I think, um, that's kind of the sad part about it, right? It takes a a lot of people so long to even learn about real issues in the world, not just in the environment, but in your finances and so many other areas of life that you should be taught at a much younger age that just sort of get slighted because of some, you know what I mean? Societal box that they think is like this way of, of being educated. So I, I actually have a really strong passion about the education system and and again and an, uh, a very strong opinion about it. So um, we'll get into that. Didn't mean to segue <laughs> off that, um, but I think it's amazing that even in you know sort of a southern part of the country that you were being taught about it and that instilled um, a value into you at an early age that you then saw to fruition now. So I think we talk about impact investing. That's something that's very um, important to WellFit Human and to the my all my companies um, is that we're really careful because we are in design as well and in architecture. And we are very careful at what we call the new luxury is sustainability in that we are trying to design for the future so that things are relevant and there's less waste, not only on the front end, but it's that people aren't so quick to tear things apart, to renovate them into the future. Like we're really sort of designing for the future. Um, yeah. So I think it's really important to know that you are making a difference with every dollar you spend and who you do business with. Um, so I think that's a really important message. So tell me a little bit about the process once you decided to start this business, because I think it's so interesting to me that you not only run the store and as you said, do all the moving parts and you are kind of a startup, but you're also making all the products. So tell me, tell us a story about the first product you made and how, what was your process for that? Going back to what you were saying about um, just the architecture world, I think uh, William McDonough, who wrote Cradle to Cradle, is one of my kind of inspirations. I read that book when I was in um, architecture school, and it just always sat with me that, you know, I think the traditional way that we tend to design is we're, we're very, you know, as humans, we're very kind of in permanence. Like we think everything's going to be forever, but but also semi-permanent in a way. It's like, you know, the bones and the structure of something can last, but the interiors can just be torn out and thrown away. Just in thinking about that cradle to cradle design, like when you're designing something, you've got to think about it from start to finish and also where it ends up, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and in most cases it is a landfill. And once I started hearing stats about landfills, I think, you know, (laughs) as being a designer, you can appreciate this. Something about (laughs) 70% of landfill waste is actually construction waste. And so that always really sat with me. So going back to when I was working at the nonprofit, I was learning more and more about just kind of wasteful practices and what we can do as individuals. And um, a cleaning product was one of the first things that I decided was Um, one of those things that I no longer wanted to dispose of and or have be in the waterways as one of my personal tasks. So um, one of the first products that I ever made for myself was an all-purpose spray. And it's essentially the same base 
that I use for my now formulated um, all-purpose multi-surface cleaner. Um, it was the first product I made. It had a bunch of the ingredients already sitting in my cabinet and I kind of threw them together. And I decided I was never gonna buy a counter cleaner ever again, that this was gonna be my answer. I'm gonna reuse this bottle forever and I'm gonna constantly be putting this together. And so when I started telling my friends about the fact that I was making my own cleaning products, they were all like, wow, that is such a great idea, but who has time to do that? And I was like, well, I do, I have time to do it. <laughs> um, so maybe I could make some for you and you, and we could all share in this. And um, yeah, that was kind of like the first inkling that I wanted to actually manufacture a product that would enable people to not contribute to the landfill on a higher level. Um, so that's kind of where this baby of an idea started was I think back in 2011 or 12, I started making my own cleaning products, having a weird discussion with friends about how it was such a great idea, but who on earth would ever have time. And um, yeah, that was the first inkling that this could be a business. I mean, it makes sense because you use cleaning products on an everyday basis, right? And um, I remember, you know, we grew up using this terrible product called Comet. Yep. Um, <laughs> and my mom, I remember her saying, well, it's in a can and it's a powder. So it's got to be better than like right. anything you're spraying. And you know what I mean? So I think that a lot of people might think, well, to develop a cleaning product or some of the things I see on here, like a dishwashing block or reusable sack bags, wouldn't you need to have a special, you know, education in manufacturing and how did you come up with, you know, self-study? Like what were some of the resources you used? Yeah, absolutely. All self-study, self-taught. I do have a friend who is a chemist that I do consult on um, the formulations of things. Um, basically looking at the product bases that they were using in the hospitals, because um, I'm fascinated with this idea of everything being connected, right? I think um, in no way can we isolate one, one tree or one ecosystem without looking how everything else affects it all. And I, I think that's true for personal health as well as planetary health, right? We all want to be healthier as individuals. And I think that health kind of correlates with the products that we use as individuals in, and, and also how they affect the environment. So in just looking at, you know, what, what do they use in hospitals that are safe for sick people to disinfect and clean? Are those products, one, natural, or two, accessible by me? So I kind of looked at those. And when you, when you look at what the hospital uses, they essentially use hydrogen peroxide and isopropyl alcohol for disinfecting. And those are ingredients we understand in a lot of cases they're naturally occurring or we can create them from you know naturally occurring materials um and and just knowing that they are safe for a place where sick people go um that gave me some solace in knowing that if i'm going to use these product bases um, for my cleaning products that they're going to be safe for people's homes. I think in running a business and just in life in general, one of the things we always talk about on the design driven life is mindset. And we, we don't bring it up in every episode, but it, I try to weave it in because I think your perspective and your mindset is so important to always mention. Everyone has sort of a different mindset or mindset or perspective they're focused on or shifted in depending on where they're at in their life. You know, I think it evolves, it changes, or you just add, you know what I mean? Mindset, you know what I mean? You add versions of mindset. And so um, 
I'd love for you to share, you know, in finding and following your purpose, you know, what mindset do you like to focus on? So I guess I should preface saying that I have a daily meditation practice. I mean, you know, some days it's two minutes, some days it's 20, but um, I think for a lot of people who meditate, you understand that you're able to kind of recognize and see your thoughts in a way that you might not normally, if you just have that kind of internal dialogue. Um, So trying not to fuse to negative thoughts too much and realize that, you know, those will come up, but they aren't necessarily going to define you and your situation in perpetuity. I think, you know, having the ulterior motive of trying to save the planet is a really good spot to start with my mindset, right? You know, to me, I need the products to be successful. I need the store to be successful because I need the planet to survive in a way. And um, that's kind of what keeps me going every day that not only the purpose of, you know, feeling good about helping people to live a more sustainable lifestyle, but also just to know that, you know, what I am doing is for the greater good collectively, whether the individual realizes it or not. So I like to hold on to that. And um, again, not fuse to too many negative thoughts and allow myself to fail in some ways. I think failing is a very um, useful tool in just discovering who you are as a person, as a business owner. And um, yeah, just also a, a contributing member to society. I think we learn a lot more about ourselves and um, our, our methods, I guess, when we start to fail. And so I encourage anyone that's wanting to start a business to not one, know that it's a ton of work, but to two, know that it's okay to fail and that those failures are the largest educational experiences that you can gain for yourself, so. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I actually always say the only real failure is not trying. And so really anything else is just moving you forward to the next path, whether it's forward, sideways, backwards, you know what I mean? Pivoting, whatever it is. And so, yeah, right. I think that's and as great. A, as a um, currently reforming perfectionist, that's been one of the hardest <laughs> things for me to learn, right? I mean, I'm someone who could stare, you know, at a logo for 45 minutes at a blank screen and not want to start because I'm scared of if it turns out negatively. So I'm, I'm really having to work past my, my perfectionist tendencies to learn how to fail. And it has been a learned skill. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So with meditation, I know a lot of people that I know use meditation daily. In fact, um, someone that I worked with recently, she would always tell me, oh, I just got done with my meditation. I had the best idea. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that. So I have never been able to perfect, not even kind of perfect. So let's leave that word out of it because we already decided (laughs) perfection is not an option. But I haven't even been able to, in my life, I've tried many times Okay, I put it on, actually do this still to this day every week. Okay, I'm gonna like redo this meditation thing. It's a new week. I'm gonna start as part of my, I do journaling. I do, I practice my Spanish every morning. Like I have a routine, you know, and then I'm like, okay, and then I'm gonna meditate when I'm, you know, and I never do it. I always sit and I start. And so I would love it if you could just share, like, what is the space you get into? I know it's different for everyone that looks like, again, I know it can be different to two minutes, 20 minutes, whatever that is a way to create a habit of that where you can really benefit from it. I'll say first, I am time starved. I have a three and a half year old (laughs) and anyone that's a mom kind of understands and knows 
um, the lack of time that's available to even carve out for a practice like meditation or just any kind of morning routine. So I find I have to wake up before him at least about 30 minutes every day. My ritual is I make a cup of hot water with lemon and then I shut myself in a room where no one's going to bother me for about 10 or 15 minutes. I've always considered myself a terrible meditator. I've tried thousands of different ways for about 10 or 15 years now to try to just meditate on my own. And I never could get anywhere. It always felt like the second I shut my eyes and started to try to concentrate on my breath, that my mind would wander a thousand different ways. So I really do just try to be mindful um, and concentrate on breathing. I do have an app that I utilize sometimes. So it's nice to have a voice to concentrate on and someone kind of guiding you through the routine of meditation. And, um, you know, I've learned a technique called the quiet mind technique that where you pause and between a breath and try to maintain that still sense of um, mindset into the next breath. And sometimes it's three seconds. Sometimes it's a millisecond that I can maintain, but I I feel like anytime I can quiet my mind long enough for the internal dialogue to stop, that that is a success. And even if it is just half a second, a full second, a whole minute, I feel like that is a win. Um, I know some people try to meditate to have thoughts. I, I tend to be a more anxious person. So I like to meditate to quiet my mind, to quiet that internal dialogue and, and sometimes the negative thoughts that come with that. Um, and like I said, anytime that that can happen, even if it's just for a second, I feel like it is a win. I um, wonder too, I know every industry has people that are outside of the industry that have their own formed opinions about what they think that industry is. So I, I'm sure that's definitely true in the sustainability space. So what would you say is maybe is something you could share that would educate people on exactly what it means and wh- what are some common misconceptions of when you say, when you tell people um, the business that you're in and what you do? Oh yeah. I think, uh, we are a business that's stereotypical, dirty hippie, right? Um, <laughs> we're all the earth loving, peace and love type of individuals. But I think, um, you know, my brother would say, absolutely, that we are a bunch of hippies. <laughs> that we need nothing to go wrong back to with our that. commune. Yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, I actually kind of love that. Um and, and if I can be associated with a peaceful community of people, I'm happy to go about that. But um, I think the real deal behind us environmentalists is that we are a bunch of very highly educated people who are very bound and determined to change the status quo. Um, we're over the um, kind of unregulated deforestation and disruption of the land and we just want to move to a cleaner more beautiful future for not only us but for future generations and I think a lot of us are highly educated um, professional individuals that exist in all sectors of of business of community um, elected officials I think we all care and yeah, we aren't just kind of like the earth loving, wallowing the mud, music festival going hippies that we are people who are educated and are passionate about changing the planet. 
Awesome. I, I would agree with you. And I actually just recently, now this isn't directly related, but there's a documentary that is my favorite documentary right now called Kiss the Ground. Yeah. Um, have you heard it? Yeah. It's so yes. good. And I try Love to tell it. people, I'm like, it's not political. This isn't like us saying um, we're not, or not us even, I'm not part of that movie. I don't know why I'm grouping myself <laughs> in there, but, um, but as a viewer of the movie or the documentary who really like was, there were several, I was like, that makes, you know, there's just so many things that just made so much sense that it's not political and it's not, it's not anything. It's just, it's humanity and you know what I mean? And living and being connected to all living things. And so, um, I highly recommend that documentary. I know it's um, so good. I've seen it a couple of times now. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, and I think it's something anybody can do, right? You have Mm -hmm. a lawn, you stop fertilizing it with pesticides, right? Your carbon, your soils do the work for you. Um, and, and what an amazing, easy way to really combat climate change by making healthy soils. Yeah. It seems so such an easy thing that anyone can do a small part of no matter where, no matter who you are, what you do, you don't have to have this big initiative. You can do one small part and yeah, starting with the soil, starting with, you know, non-toxic cleaning products, starting with just thinking about when I spend this dollar, what went into making what I'm buying, you know, and Correct. what am I going to do with it once I'm done using it? I think that's really important, uh, really important message that I've tried to implement in my life. Cause I definitely for years in my twenties was very much a consumer. Like, I think I, I thought about it a little bit. I definitely recycled, you know what I mean? And did those like basic sustainable practices, but, um, I, the part of impact investing and really taking account into where each, what what is it going to do with it? Like a phone case, what are you gonna do with a phone case when you're done with it? Right. Um, and you don't think about it because you just need it right then, but it's so you do it over and over and over again, enough times. And you multiply that times the, you know, amount of people on the planet that even are buying that one product. Um, and it's, it's insane if you really start to think about, um, how we all are connected in that way. So, um, being just really, I think, um, a lot of what I'm getting from you is just really being really intentional and um, thoughtful and, and all of that is sort of the vibe I get from your mindset and your perspective and your purpose. So if there was um, any last thing that you would love to share uh, with anyone who might be listening, because I always believe that there's someone that will hear you no matter what, that will take away from something um, that you're doing that will benefit them. So what, what would, you, what would, can you think of that you would kind of close this out with as something you'd like to share? Yeah, I think, you know, just kind of piggybacking about what you were just saying about dollar spent and being intentional. I think we could all benefit from starting to move away from being so individually uh, centered. I think like Japan is more of a communal society where they genuinely do care about the well-being of other people. And I think especially right now during a pandemic let's just start thinking about fellow man, right? So, and that's not just for our actions, but also for the products that we purchase, the places we purchase them from. Um, For every dollar spent in a local business, 70 cents of those dollars or 70 cents of that dollar stay within the local community, as opposed to a purchase at a big box store where only 40 cents stays in the local economy. Um, So just starting to think about those, you know, I do, 
create and sell products. But again, my ulterior motive in creating and selling those products is to save the planet. And um, I'd like to think of every purchase that you create from my store as a vote for your involvement in a communal planet. So um, think about the products that you use currently in your home. How toxic are those products? Are those going to cause cancer down the road? Are they going to disrupt your endocrine in such a way that you might be deemed infertile? Let's think about those products before you purchase them and think about what they do once they go into the waterways. Are they going to affect a farm 70 miles downstream because they're using the water that was flushed down the toilet from that comet that you put down it? Um, So yeah, let's come together as a society, guys, and start to realize it's not just about us as an individual that we're all in this together. We only have one planet. So let's, let's keep it good for everyone. Yeah. Beautiful message. Thank you for that. And thank you for your time today. It was so great getting to know more about you and where you came from and what you're doing um, and where you're headed. So I really appreciate your time and I look forward to connecting again in the near future. Absolutely. Thanks for all you're doing too, Wendy. We really appreciate you. Okay. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Bye. To find out more about Jenny and Minimal Impact, visit her at minimalimpactlifestyle.com. Sorry, I said that wrong earlier. Online at minimalimpactlifestyle.com. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Design Driven Life. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate and review our podcast. And don't forget to subscribe for automatic delivery of new episodes. I am thoroughly loving our platform for our podcast, Budsprout. So if you are considering, and you should, starting a podcast, it's so fun. It's a great way to connect with people. It's not hard when you have the right partners. If you're looking for a place to host your own podcast, join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out to the world. Start for free and receive a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up.